Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Stare Down, our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast for friends around the country. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida. Todd Meininger up in Cumming, Georgia. Anthony Malafronte across the bay from Bill in Tampa. What's up, boys? We're having snowmageddon, icemageddon, sleepmageddon, uh, all kinds of that her, uh, I think it's called Winter Storm Yuri uh, going through the Midwest right now. Bill, how's sunny Florida? It's called mm. Sunmageddon, and it's brutal. <laughs> today, today it approached 80 degrees here in the uh, Sunshine State. And uh, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. We, we've got a, a, a front moving through tonight. It's supposed to rain a lot tonight. Um, we've been really lucky. It seems like most of the rain's falling at night or first thing in the morning or something. So uh, I, I, I watch the news. You, I, I feel so bad for you guys. Like it's like, look, Jay Thompson's photos from, from Aransas oh. past Texas on the Gulf was nothing but a solid block of ice on his deck. Yeah. You know, don't it, feel sorry for us, but feel sorry for the people down in Texas and in Mississippi. Yeah. They're just not used to it. They're not built yeah. for it. You know, there's no, there's no salt trucks probably running around trying to, you know, clean the road. Well, there's no salt trucks. And then, you know, the people, the businesses are trying to stay open because people think, but and then they go out and they get in accidents. And you saw yeah. that accident in Dallas, 130 oh, cars, unbelievable, um, six deaths. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I would never, yeah, I, I just, we're just really lucky down here. So uh, Bill, remind me where you've lived, uh, San Diego, Phoenix, St. Pete. Is that right? <laughs> St. Pete. Yeah. I see a trend. I, see a trend. The po- <laughs> I don't think those are ever confused with the polar axis, right? <laughs> no, I've never had, I've seen solar axis. Maybe I saw a snowfall in Phoenix once or twice up, you know, North Mesa it didn't stick. And I saw some snowfall in San Diego once didn't stick. Um, I love going to visit the snow. It's the best thing ever, but you always get to leave and go back to uh, paradise. So yeah. Anyways, um, what, uh, so really feel bad for you guys. I'm not, I mean, serious in all seriousness, it's just gotta be, uh, brutal and it's not looking any better for the next week. So, um, so on top of that, you know, <laughs> Anthony, I did play golf this weekend. It was, it was a great day. We had to put the umbrellas up a couple times for about five minutes. It wasn't that big a deal. Um, and and three of us on the team on the foursome all had the exact same scores plus two plus two plus two so not not a bad day you know but we all left shots out there and that's golf it was a lot of fun uh, how about you Mister Meininger oh man so I can't complain um, it's only forty here um, but being in Atlanta uh, again I don't mind the cold it's the gray skies it's the wind that's that's what uh, if it's blue skies and 35 degrees I'm fine right um, so tough weekend um, everything was uh, no sports because it was pretty gloomy all weekend um, it reminds me uh, you mentioned snowmageddon we just set, uh, celebrated seven years ago there was an incident in Atlanta called snowmageddon yeah. we're at, at at five o'clock rush hour. The temperature dropped like eight degrees in an hour. And literally people spent the night on State Road 400 because um, everything was iced. Literally people had to sit in their cars. You talk about a, a town that's not equipped for uh, for ice and snow. Um, Atlanta is much better than it was seven years ago. But Sean, you hit on the head. It's it's the, the cities and towns that aren't used to this that are just really uh, struggling. So hope uh, everyone survives the, the cold week, especially uh, 78, 77 degrees in Tampa. I mean, I'm sure you'll, uh, you guys will make it, but um, no, good week. A lot of great sports. Looking forward to uh, chatting it up. What about you, Mel? 
As Bill said, we did get to play golf on uh, on Sunday, which was kind of nice. Uh, I, I have to admit, I am feeling a little guilty sitting here in my Florida Gators sweatshirt because uh, it. I know it's not that cold out, but I was a little chilly and the lovely bride turned down the air conditioning a little bit. So I needed to get a sweatshirt on. <laughs> so wow. What's, I, what's air conditioning? I, I'm, I'm feeling a little guilty uh, to be honest, but I was cold. So I needed to put the sweatshirt on, but it's been a, you know, it's Sean, as I'm sure you're aware, the real estate business uh, these days uh, is quite busy. Uh, but it's busy yeah. with a lot of, of angst and uh, apprehension over the, the lower and lower inventory. And uh, we spent a lot of time this week walking our a couple of first-time homebuyer clients through very solid offers that for one reason or another were, were outbid by uh, mm. other folks who are willing to do things differently or pay more for, for properties. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, a, a problem that we're going to have to solve and it's going to be solved best through uh, the good relationships that we have both in the industry and with our clients. But it's, uh, it's a lot more work to get something under contract these days. It sure is, man. I was I was coaching with an agent today, and I, you know, I, we both agreed that, you know, when there's multiple offers on the table, it's going to help having relationships with the agent on the other side. And that relationship shouldn't start once an offer's accepted. It's, it's going to start long before the offer's even submitted, right? Sure. And, and you know, we've been in the business long enough, Mal, to know it will change. The business, the market will change, and it, we just don't know when. A lot of people this time last year. We're riding a hot streak and thinking the year was going to be gangbusters. And all of a sudden it slowed down in March and, and then it picked back up and a lot of people had a great year. So yeah. just got to kind of show up every day and do the work, right? We do brother. We do. Yep. Well, we have uh, snow hitting us. I know Todd, it's cold down where you're at and uh, all around the country. Um, I want to share with you guys a, a funny visual I saw today on Facebook. This is a, I'll show you the visual. Um, our, our listeners can't see it, but this is, this is a, a map of Scotland. And apparently in Scotland, they name their individual plows and they track them real time where they're at on the roads of Scotland. So you have an idea. And I want to read you some of the names of the plows. There's Credence Clear Road Revival. <laughs> There's Sled Zeppelin. There's Snowshley Distanced. <laughs> Robert Burns, Tam Salter, Salt Disney. I like that one. Salt Disney. Um, here's, here's two. Billy, you'll appreciate these. Cold... Lord Coldmort, and you're a blizzard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You got Sir Salter Scott. You got uh, Mary Queen of Salt. Gritty, gritty, bang, bang. And my favorite, Bear Chills instead of Bear Grills. That's <laughs> nice. Wow. So, That's yeah. so you so can it's drive a, it's around time. Scotland easier by just following the plows. Yes. Wow. So we'll we'll talk about the the beauty of looking forward to golf in a minute, but I want to start as we always do with championships. And there was a big championship in NASCAR that was won last night. Actually, I should, I should correct that. It was won this morning, I yes. believe. I was long asleep. And when I woke up, I had a text thread of Mr. Meininger just saying, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> um, Bill, I'll let you and Todd take it. But Mr. Michael McDowell, uh, your, your 2021 Daytona 500 champ. Yeah, a journeyman driver who's never won a race. 
ends up winning the uh, Daytona 500. In a, hence my well. Hence yeah, my well. Show up enough places at the right time. Eventually the door opens, right? Look, well, yeah. And a little bit of a tiny bump into Brad Keselowski, which then led into another bigger bump into Joey Logano, who are teammates, by the way, on the same team, Penske Racing. And uh, the curtains just opened. <laughs> for Michael McDowell. It really did. The way the, the way the two <laughs> cars two, split. Those two guys were done. That led into a, a really kind of a explosive fiery crash that nobody got hurt in. The best kind of crash, very visually stimulating and nobody got hurt. Uh and he was the way it works is he was in the lead when the yellow lights started flashing. Once the yellow in this final lap of the race in NASCAR now, <laughs> if you're there can be a crash in the final lap, but it's whoever's in the lead, uh when the yellow lights start flashing for the caution is the winner. And that was his, uh, it was his win. So, well, Bill, yeah. before we talk about the finish line, go back to the kind of set up the day because it, it was a long day where guys left and went to drive throughs in Daytona. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was some kid, some kid went to a, a payway or a, a somewhere a Panda <laughs> express, a Panda express. Yeah. To get some food. Yeah. They had a, a, a seven, seven or almost eight hour rain delay. Um, I mean, there, there were a lot of storms c- coming across Florida yesterday and they got their final practice washed out. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was a long, long slog of a day. In fact, I was, it was just a Twitter thing on someone, uh, you know, you look at that tweet 36 seconds ago, the tweet was posted, it goes green light or green flag race. And I'm like, what? They turned it back on. So I think I sent the note out and we, two of us were able to, to make it to the end. And, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but, I was you know. so, I, I did, was doing a little work trying to find some properties and, and do some things. And I got in front of my TV around 11 o'clock, which was still, there was quite a bit of race left. Yes. Over an hour. And I started watching and I fell asleep with one lap to go. Oh, and I woke up with the lady interviewing the, the very nice young man who won the race. And he was, and he, he let out a screech the Daytona 500. Yeah. And I'm like, holy cow. I missed the most exciting part of the whole race. I watched it right up until then. And then I, I, I missed the rest. I missed the part that I needed to see. Yeah. It, you know, Todd, you watched a little bit of NASCAR. It was like a classic, they don't call them restrictor plates anymore. They call it something else, but it's, it's a classic. Um, not a whole lot goes on like the last 50 laps or so was pretty much a single file going around the track. Now that you had to, they had to do one more pit stop and that resulted in Hamlin getting shuffled back. Right. And so he's not going to get his third in a row, but things happen, but it really is just kind of like, we're going to wait till about three laps to go. And then all hell's going to break loose. You just know that's going to happen at Daytona or any of those big speedway races where they've got them with the restrictor plates. So, uh, it, it happened. It just, they all went crazy hell bent for leather in the last lap and things happen and you got to be in the right place, at the right this- time. This one was challenging because I most of my NASCAR viewing is watch the first five, 10 laps, then every once in a while click over and then wait for the last, as you say, 30, 50 laps. Right? Um, I, I don't watch for, you know, in its entirety. And this all day, I kept going back and going back to clicking. And that that delay just lasted forever, right? Yeah. I thought they were going to. Um, but in golf terms, Sean and Bill, uh, it, would this be like you know, a Sean McKeel winning a, a major? This guy, this guy, um, just you know, yeah. never really won, never even heard of him. Um, you know, he's of the forty-three drivers. I bet he's somewhere between thirty-five and forty-three, and 
popularity, right? Or am I totally missing that? Um, you know, Craig, uh, Craig Perks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna go. So uh, thrilled for him. That's why I kept wowing. First of all, the way it happened was amazing. But it, as it's you know, kind of like a good rebounder in basketball, you, you stick around the hoop and, and try to get the garbage baskets, right? I think he's a super nice guy. Like I think a lot of people have good things to say about him. Like he's well liked. Amongst the drivers. Yeah. So it's probably a popular win for hard. Like a Jim Herman winning on the tour. Yeah. 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 For really hardcore racing fans, they probably had a great time with that. So um, good, good for him. Good for their team. It's all good. And, you, you know, know, it was fun to see, got to see the 23 car out there on this race, right? Michael Jordan's now a co-owner of a team. That was kind of interesting. Bubba um, became the first African-American driver to lead a lap at Daytona. That happened, nice. uh, that happened right? yesterday. That happened yesterday. So. A benefit of the rain delays, I saw a story on, and I didn't even realize how bad it was, but the Ryan Newman incident that happened last year, oh, the uh, old package on that. It was Tom Rinaldi, which I guess he's landed on his feet after leaving ESPN. Yeah. And in fashion, you were just riveted this story and you felt every, uh, every uh, emotion. Amazing. Yeah. Right? yeah, that was rough. So, Mal, what were you going to say? The, the coverage, Bill, these guys take – nothing but left-hand turns, and they really make it compelling. The way they were talking about the two Toyota guys split by the Ford guys, and the, yeah. and at one point there were seven Chevys all in a row, and when six of those guys dropped down out of that single file, I don't know how, you know, the best way to describe it, and literally uh, were running side by side, seven guys on the lower part of the track and a bunch of guys on the upper part of the track and the way they were pushing themselves to, towards the lead to, to scatter things up. There's so much more strategy in NASCAR than you would know yeah. than I would even give it credit for, but Jeff Gordon and the guys who do the, the race do an amazing job of making you understand all that, uh, which was, it's just kind of cool to watch because you would not, I would not know all that stuff was going on well, otherwise. I'll put it. I'll put Jeff it Gordon is Jeff Gordon's Tony Romo, right? We've He's talked really about good. that before. Yeah. He's way better. So than good, Tony right? Romo. Really good. So good. Let me. Yeah. I'll put it in these terms, Anthony. If uh, someone who'd never been to a, the track went to a horse race, and they said they just do just do a lap, I mean they just run around. That's, that's all there is to it, right? And you're going to go. No, I mean, look. It depends on what gate they're out of. It depends on do they like the mud or the dry stuff? It depends on oh, the turf. It depends sure. on the, the yeah. jockey might take them this route. It's a, it's a great analogy, Bill. Yeah. Cause you it know, really everything is. about horses, you, you, you could know it all about horses, but I'm yeah. telling you, man, like, like, um, people that fish, like I hate fishing, but really good fishermen can tell you on this day right. with these conditions and this temperature at this time of day, I'm going to use this kind of bait and go this deep and I'm going to do this and this and that. I'm like, really? Yeah. You just don't throw the freaking line in the water and reel yeah. it in with a fish? <laughs> Mal, <laughs> and, and golf. Yeah, Mal knows everything about horse racing. Mal knows everything about horse racing except for picking a winner. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? But don't bump. Nah, we, I mean, you know, I forgot to mention, Todd, that <laughs> take Saturday it easy, take it easy. <laughs> Saturday afternoon, I met Joe Carney and uh and his buddy from Philly and his and his buddy's brother up at the up at the track for four races after I got through showing some properties. And Bill, to your point, John's brother had a 16 to one shot that he just, uh, number one, put, put a little money on the horse. And you could watch the jockey's hands, right? If the jockey's hands are, are back on the horse's neck, he's holding him back a little bit as opposed to moving his hands forward 
and giving the horse like full rein to go. And around halfway around the turn, Joe said, well, his guy's never going to do it. And I said, Joe, just wait till his hands move forward. John's horse is going to win. And as soon as the jockey got around the corner, he gave him his head, put his hands forward, kind of like NASCAR. And his horse changed leads and came flying down the stretch. And the guy cashed a $15 winning ticket. Uh, and he had it five times. So he had a $45 shot in his hand. It was, uh, but it's very similar. Yeah. Mm, I nice. think it's every, you know, golf's the same way, right? I mean, you know, it's people that watch golf go, you just hit the ball. No. You're no, chasing a white ball around. Even, yeah. even well, 75% of this group can, can make a ball go left or right or higher or low intentionally. Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, really intentionally, not, you know, not gently, but I'm just, um, I'm just glad it's going straight. I'm just glad it's going straight. Well, I think, I think to, to Mal's point, you know, the, the analogy or metaphor I would use is, you know, if I take you two nights in a row to watch the lightning or the blue jackets and we sit down on the glass one night and we sit in the upper row on the end zone one night, totally different game. Yep. And you see the way the plays are set up. You see the way the line changes are yep. set up at certain times so that plays can be run. It's pretty cool. And and, and so racing is that, I've you know, I, I'm kind of a Todd fan. If I watch it, I watch the beginning and I watch the end, you know, yeah. uh, a lot like an Jeff NBA Gordon, game. honestly, is one of the better color excellent. guys on TV, in my opinion. He, he's excellent. He's enthusiastic yeah. about it. He knows it really, really well. He knows the the game. He's obviously very successful at it when he was driving and he describes it in a way that a layman like myself can understand and get excited about. And he's, uh, he's, he's driven with 80% of those guys. I mean, he, not right. only does he know them yeah. personally, he knows how they handle themselves on the track. It's great. I, I love when they were just giving Bush a bunch of shit about, you know, his, you know, he's going to start whining right here about something, you know, cause that's how he is. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I love when they do the little interviews where they have, you know, like a, a lull in the action and Jeff Gordon will actually get on the radio and have a, a short conversation with one of the guys in the car. And they're talking mm-hmm. like, buddy, I love that. It, it, I mean, it is during. And they're the going caution. 100 miles an hour. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <while they're laughs> it is. It, yeah. And by the way, when you talked about those cars being so close to each other, Anthony, at 195 miles an hour, oh, they're, they're, they're inches away from each other and inches from a wall. It, it's just, yeah. it's, it's an amazing sport. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go. Let's go to a little slice of heaven. One of the prettiest places on the planet. I've l- been lucky enough to walk around. Let's talk about Pebble Beach and that golf tournament, the AT&T Pro-Am, which wasn't a Pro-Am, uh, but it was still called that. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen Pebble look better. Um, you know, remember this, this tournament was, was before COVID hit last year. Yeah. Um, so it was really your first time seeing Pebble with the drones off the coast and the the tee box on 10 on the last day was awesome. Yep. Um, you know, just the, the setup of the course I thought was so cool. Um, and, and they, they alluded to that on Saturday's coverage when they brought the, you know, the PGA official in to talk about, they can put pins in places they never have in the past because with the amateurs, it just is too dangerous to slow play down that much with some of those pin placements. what did you think of Daniel Berger? you know, dropping the bomb on 18 and winning, uh, you know, what, what I thought was a, a really compelling event to watch. Mal, let's start with you. No, well, first of all, as you guys know, from our text thread, he's in my, he's on my fantasy team that I've, I've been in a fantasy golf league for 25 years. So uh, uh, any of those boys that may be listening to this, ha ha, 
But uh, Daniel Berger is the one guy who, uh, in my opinion, doesn't get the respect that he deserves. He's gone from 114 to th- 13th ranked in the world. He's uh, uh, the first tournament that came back after COVID. The he climb, won, yeah. and he wasn't. That tournament did not get him into the Masters, and he wanted to get into the Masters. This one has gotten him into the Masters. Um, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he doesn't get the kind of respect that he has. I mean, this guy is a good player, and he started on the back nine with Jim Furyk and a lesser-known PGA pro for the first two days. And when I heard him interviewed today, he said, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. I'm okay having a little chip on my shoulder. I keep myself focused on what I have to do. And I, I'm happy that I went out and did it. So I give him a lot of credit. His T-ball on 18 on Saturday, that went out of bounds. Out of bounds, yeah. Two-stroke penalty. He handled that exceptionally well, right? As soon as he hit it, he knew it was out of bounds. He walked over there, him and his caddy looked at it, and he came back the next day ready to play. And I, I mean, he played a great round of golf. Uh in, in what were otherwise pretty competitive conditions for the remainder of the of the field. Todd or Bill? Yeah, so um, first of all, good for you, Mel. Um, I had Patrick Cantlay and uh, Paul Casey, so not a bad week in, in, in my yes, little uh, very good week. Um, so talking about Berger real quick, I just don't think – he is likable, right? He, he's not a media darling. Um, it doesn't, shouldn't surprise anyone. Him and Brooks Kepka were on the same team at FSU, right? Uh, both kind of robotic, a little kind of not. So I think, you know, maybe that's why he, you know, doesn't get the respect that he thinks he deserves. But um, also, they probably put him with fear because they both shot 59s, right? The PGA is always trying to get creative pairings, uh, whether they're Arizona State boys, uh, past champions, so if he needs that motivation, you know how I feel about that. I think it's just kind of weak. Just go out and play. But I love the fact that he won with the Eagle on 18. He, you know, he could have two-putted. Fourth he, one of the week. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So I just love that. Uh, forget about whether I like him or not. I just had great respect for him just to say, let's just end this tournament now and uh, save, save all the drama. Um, great player. Um, uh, again. So some uh, things of note. Um, Pebble Beach and – Augusta National has to be the two nicest, most picturesque courses. So just from a visual point of view, watching all weekend was, was fantastic. Um, but let's talk about Nate uh, Lashley. Uh, God, you got a feel for that guy. Four putting on 16, was it, John, or 15? Yeah, 16. 16. So, Mel, I think I texted you. Uh, money line pre-turn, he was a 15000 plus $15,000 or $15,000 to win. So if you put 10 bucks on that guy, pre-tournament, which I've done it before, just pick some random guy. Let's just see what happens. It's 10 bucks. Can you imagine the sweat you were having on Sunday? And then the blow up on 16 must've been devastating for, for some guy in Vegas that, that needed to cash, you know, $150,000 check. So what a great tournament. Announcers are great. Course setup is great. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. I'll, I'll, uh, I have to, Correct, Sean. It's not one of the prettiest places on earth. It is the prettiest place on earth, without a doubt. Yeah. Monterey Peninsula, there's yep. nothing better. Um, so a couple things for me. One, 
Maverick McNeely. Do you know what his dad did did for a living? I got it written down right there. You know his dad, Uh, Sam McNeely? I think it's Scott McNeely. Scott McNeely is a co-founder of Sun Microsystems that was sold in 2012 for $7.8 billion. So, so Maverick, a silver spoon kid. And I, I, in my first thought was always going to be a, you know, silver spoon douche. He wasn't, he was a real nice, humble kid when he got up and talked to Amanda. Uh, I love the fact his dad wouldn't let him play pebble till he was 16, which was great. And he lived lived on on the 16th 16th hole, hole. lived on the 16th hole, could not play the course until he was old enough. Uh, that was cool. Wow. That's a nice second place finish for him. Um, he, he, he graduated from Stanford with a degree in, kind of business economics. First of all, what 25-year-old kids wearing a KMPG hat as a sponsor? That's pretty freaking mm. impressive. <laughs> so he's uh it was it was very interesting. And then um look, you know, Jordan's getting close. I think you look at it that he's way. Coming he's coming back close, right? Yeah, he's getting close. Uh two two tournaments, a third and a fourth. Got to feel pretty good about that. However, and I think, you know, Sean, I'll hope not stealing your thunder, but you sent that uh tw- tweet out to us today about how impressive it is when you see guys take these leads and just can't close it out that for Tiger 46 times, he's had the lead on Saturday night and he won 44 of them, which is unbelievable. Yes. And one was a major, unfortunately, right? Why Yang. Um, so yeah, PGA. Yeah, it, yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. So, but, but man, yeah, that was the first time since 2013 that uh, someone had back to back Saturday night leads and didn't close it out. Um, Ooh, so at least one for Jordan, them. he had back to back to back 54 hold leads, but, yeah. um, he's getting there. He's getting there. And Good it, to see. You know, it is, it is interesting. The, you know, um, though you've played pebble, right? Yeah. A couple, few times. Actually. Now you played it. I have not. I have not. It, I have um, not. it have is you? definitely, you know, you know, they go from, they go from, uh, TPC Scottsdale to pebble, and the difference in those style of greens is unbelievable. That Poana, you know, and, you know, this weekend I watched, I watched Friday and most, pretty much all of Saturday and Sunday because the Buckeye game led in on, on Saturday and the Michigan game led in on Sunday. Um, the number of guys that hit it, you know, five feet and missed their putts because the movement of the greens and just the little subtle bounces of the greens, you know, that was a good Sunday with the leaderboard kind of shuffling and, and McNeely kind of comes long. out of nowhere and t- Tom Hoagie and, yeah. you know, uh, mm. Jason Day was there and, you know, it was just a, you know, hopefully if, if, if the golf stays like this, you know, when you get to the Bay Hill in a couple of weeks and, and gosh, the TPC, we're starting to see a lot of the ads for that, obviously with NBC uh, getting some, some run uh, just a fun spot. But I, I think speed is close. I agree with you, Bill. It's just, can you get 72 holes in a row? You know? Yeah. You know, you know, it's kind of weird with him bogeying some of the par fives mm. and, and Berger making four eagles. Yeah. It just kind of shows you, but, you know, can't lay on day one. Shot a Berger, he had a great series of commercials and it still didn't warm him up to people. But Dougal, the Scottish caddy, was awesome, right? Remember, he was taking all that <laughs> food off the cart girl and everything. That was Daniel Berger's gig. I mean, that was his. He, he could be the, he could be the greatest guy in the world. I'm just saying his demeanor yeah. just being yeah, likable, right? right? He's yeah. a grinder. And, and yeah. No, no one's worse than Patrick Cantlay. I mean, talk about saggy shoulders and the worst body language ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of those guys. So it's not just him. There's a lot of those guys that yeah. Phil is the robotic smile, thumbs up guy, right? So then <laughs> Jordan says every thought in his head out loud, so you can hear him. I mean, those I guys hate are, people who do that. Don't you hate people on the golf course, Anthony? They don't <laughs> shut up and they just say everything that's in their head. 
<laughs> that's me. No, that's not. Bill, you know, that's Sean, me. have you ever played Pebble? I have, yes. And uh, it's, it's one a- of the golf courses. I mean, I haven't played it. I've been there, but I haven't played it. It's one of the few golf courses. Now, I know people who remember every hole of every golf course they've oh. ever played. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sean Carpenter, Sean Carpenter. <laughs> but it's one of the golf courses that I know every hole. Yeah. Right. I've never played it, but it's so iconic. Some holes more so than others, but I can walk myself through the entire 18 holes of golf at Pebble Beach. Yeah, you know, I was going to say that. I think there's, you know, I mean, as fun as as waste management is, past the second shot on 15, you can't tell me what hole number 12 does. You can't tell me what hole number 10 does. Bill can. Bill can. I played it a few times. (laughs) But but Pebble, the you know, there's a lot of people that can't even tell you Sawgrass except for 16, 17, 18, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so there's just so few courses other than Augusta. And now pretty much Augusta, everyone knows all 18 holes. Sure. You know, it used, to, it used to be a thrill when they would come on, you know, or the, when the back nine, they used to the back nine, right? When the yeah. starters would be a little delayed and they'd, they'd come on, you know, with handheld cameras on eight green. And then the, and then the next year you got seven green and then you got to see six and, you know, yeah. but, but Pebble, man, I mean, when you come around that corner there from, from number, you know, when I played it, Anthony, cause you don't see the ocean until you turn the dog leg on hole number three. Right. Right. And then you see it, but it's kind of blocked out. Then number four, mm. you see it. And Bill, when you and I played it, probably number five wasn't the new number five. It was over more to the left. I played them both. I played. Oh, you played the new one? My last round, I got to play the new one. But I think nice. I played it three times before. It was the one off to the left. Oh, left and it was all kind of treed in. And the, and lady Nicholas would, the lady wouldn't sell the house on the cliff. <laughs> So yeah. she finally passed away and then they bought it. So, but you know, that, that moment when you come up the hill on six and then obviously yeah. number seven, yeah, just, eight, you know, they have what's called the aiming rock. The cliff, you know, the cliff up on, on the eight the is, is unbelievable. You know, but that's, that's, that's an that, iconic hole. Oh, I that mean, tee shot though on right? 10, that's the first time they've used that in tournament since like 1950 because there's normally grandstands there. Yeah, but and I, I love it. I would like that shot a lot better it than made what the hole. <laughs> You see where they played it like on Thursday or on Sunday, Saturday, they played it like 140 yards longer. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it just was such a cool hole. I mean, I, you know, so long, long time on that, but it's good to, good to have a great tournament like that to talk about. Let's talk Bill, really quick. Let's go to the other country club sport, Australian open heading sure. into the quarterfinals. Uh, someone named, I think Serena still, still alive. <laughs> She's got a great match coming up tomorrow. It might be. Yeah. Versus uh, Halop, right? The Mona Halop is uh uh, a, a great player. So that's going to be a great match. You got uh, Osaka still in the tournament. Um, Ash Barty is number the number one seed. She's an Aussie. So big in Melbourne. That'll be fun for them. Um, on the men's side, you got, um, you know, both both uh, Nadal and Joker hanging in there and doing their thing. So uh, I believe Joker uh, plays team, right? And they don't like each other. No, that's going to be fun. Team can beat him. He can absolutely beat him. I think Joker's a little hurt too. He's got to pull muscle somewhere. And uh, so he so won his 300th Grand Slam match. Oof, wow pretty impressive um it's but pretty if, good for a third if, wheel right how about if nadal can get this tournament <laughs> <laughs> if nadal can get this tournament he passes federer for majors he'll go to 21 wow and majors 20. Who, who wow really exactly that's, that's, that's amazing. amazing yeah so it's fun to watch this yeah, is the golden year of tennis right we've talked yeah, about that this it comes on at nine o'clock in the risser household every night and then cindy gets up at four in the morning <laughs> usually to go out and watch tennis so She's constant all over all over the uh, the uh, Australian Open. Our, our 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 hope is twenty twenty two, right? We'll be there a year from now. Yeah, 
if everything yes. works out the right way, hopefully we're sitting at the Australian Open. So I don't know, cool. just to let you know how this happened, because I talked to the guys at Rate My Agent. Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform. I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> so the, on, on Friday night there, Aussie time, at 11.30, the crowd who was there, because they had to go back into lockdown, they, they got to 13 cases. So they locked down the oh. entire state of Victoria, Melbourne's in Victoria. The entire So at midnight, Friday night, it was a five-day lock, lockdown, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They're in the middle of it right now. So at 11.30, that match is still going on with Djokovic and uh, Taylor Wright. And so they actually t- stopped the match and said, everybody leave. It's 11.30. You got to be home by 11.59. The, the lockdown starts at 11.59. They emptied Rod Laver Arena, and then they finished the match with nobody there. I'm not, wow. I mean, that's, that's how you kill a pandemic. I'm just saying. 13 cases and they locked down the entire state. So numbers are a little more favorable there, right? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a very crowded. Melbourne's a a big, big city, big city. Yeah. yeah, 750,000 people. It's a big city. It's a big city. So um, yeah, it was, it's, it's, you know, they're now that the rest of the tournament, my guess will will be played without fans, but uh, you know, it's great. It's great for television for us. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, but NBA. To, Bill, to, Todd, to Todd's point, the total population of Australia is just a tiny bit more than the population of Florida. Actually, less than Florida. Amazing, right? It's 22 million. 25 million in the entire state. Yeah, there's 22 million in Australia, I think. 25, wow. excuse me, 25 million in Australia. I'm looking oh, at it right okay. now. And about 22 million in Florida. I'll add it backwards. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, it's a lot easier to get 25 million people to march pretty close to in in line together than 300 million. Yeah, but they've had, you know, they've had, um, I don't think they've had how many deaths they've had, but it's under, it's around 100. It's just a tiny number because they Mm -hmm. just took it, they just took it serious. New Zealand did the same thing, you know, and we didn't as much, but, but, you know, good, the good things are happening now. We were down from 300,000 cases a day in January to only 100,000 cases a day in February. Which is a good thing. Now, when I say that to the boys, yep. you know, back at, in Australia, they just they just shake their head and, just, you know, they can't believe, sure. it. yeah. But uh, sure. yeah, so but so they're they're very, they're just taking it really serious. Um, NBA guys, just really quick, let's look at the rankings out west. You got Utah, Lakers, Clippers, Phoenix, Bill, Phoenix in fourth. How about that? Seven, seven wins in a row. They were like a eleven and nine. Now they're eighteen and nine. Yeah, Eric yeah. Booker. Dude. Hold on, let me check your math real quick, Bill. Good young team. Uh, good young team playing well. Um, Portland, San Antonio, Denver, Golden State in that eighth spot right now. A lot of season to go. Um, still, still a team people look at with Steph doing what he's doing. Um, Who's that kid they picked up in a trade that's tearing it up for them? Um, I can't remember his name, but but he, you know, he's he's the Clay Thompson replacement that's given them a chance. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, in the East, Philadelphia, a couple games up over Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Indy. Boston, Charlotte, New York, and don't look now, but the Tampa Raptors, <laughs> Tampa Raptors in eighth spot, putting themselves in position to possibly backdoor another title for Tampa. There you go. Let's do it. What? Backdoor? On the train. Backdoor a championship. <laughs> only, you're renting you a team. the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, okay, renting a team how do you from, backdoor uh, a championship? I'm trying to think. I, I know you can backdoor like college football back when they just voted, but <laughs> <laughs> um, NCAA 
uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Ohio State, kind of the top four initial like seeds, I guess. They're they're just kind of using that kind of almost as a as a you know discussion point for the bubble watch. Um, obviously still have automatic tie-ins with tournaments and things like that, but they've kind of bracketed it out with those four teams being the, the top four seeds. Uh, Gonzaga Baylor still remain undefeated. Drake lost two this week, but then did avenge their loss to uh, Loyola Chicago. Um, with yeah, they, a, got, with a, they got smoked in the first game by like almost 30 and came back and beat they them. Did. Game, yeah. And they come back in double overtime and win that one. Um, Michigan first game in three weeks. Uh, haven't played a lot, but came back and, and beat a, a good Wisconsin team in Wisconsin. Um, little little thing of note, guys, for you on the women's side. Um, there's a school that I don't know if you guys have heard of, just took the number one uh, spot, UConn women. They're the number one team. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them. They're wow. really good. Wow. Anthony, do huh. you know where that UConn school is? Huh. Yeah, we, we follow them a little bit in my yeah. house. Huh. Yeah, so I guess they this will be the ninth year in a row now they've been ranked number one. Uh, they took They beat South Carolina head-to-head last week. Uh, South Carolina went from number one to number two. Um, yeah, ninth year in a row that they've held at least the number one spot at some point in the season. Was it that South Carolina team that like, uh, was that the team that broke their streak or beat them in a championship? I'm trying to remember what that was. They won it all, right? South Carolina won it yeah. all. South Carolina yeah, won it all, but they, uh, yeah, it was, it was Mississippi State, I believe, that beat the oh. Mississippi State that beat them a couple years ago in Columbus. Gotcha. And then uh-huh. Mississippi State lost to Notre Dame. Okay. In the championship. All right. So, um, yeah, Todd, a little EPL update. Yeah, man, man city is, uh, running away with it. They, uh, they have a game and, and they're still 10 points in the lead. So, um, <laughs> with game in hand, they can be 13 points uh, in the lead after, after they catch up. Um, did you see your manager at the press conference? Yeah. Uh, first of all, was that, was that tongue in cheek or was he just, was he just kind of given the, the reporter who asked him, you know, has Manchester won it? Have you conceded the season? Do you see that? So, so Liverpool's dropped three in a row. I think they're, I want to say 20 points out of the lead. Um, they're not mathematically eliminated, but uh, they'd have to move, move mountains. Crazy stuff would happen, uh, would have to happen. But um, he's, he's, he's German. He's, he's tongue in cheek. Um, so I don't think they're certainly not giving up. Um, as we discussed many times, um, you got to get in the top four to play European football. Um, speaking of that, they play in the round of 16 tomorrow for the UEFA's Champions League against um, Leipzig, I think is how you pronounce it, L-E-I-P-Z-I-G, which I believe is a German or a Belgium uh, uh, team. Um, but tough, tough days for Jurgen Klopp. His, his 81-year-old mom passed away in Germany, and because of COVID and England restrictions, he was not allowed to go back to his homeland and see her. Um, certainly as a heavy heart. So maybe that's, uh, maybe he was a little uh, cheeky as they say in, in, in England during the press conference, but um, they interviewed him today and he said, Hey, we still have a lot to play for. Um, I think they're, they're tired in their wounds uh, on to, to, to going and playing winning football, but it's, it's a fun season. Again, Man City running away, away with it. Um, Chelsea won today, so it looks like the usual suspects are battling for the top four spots. So, yeah, it's fun. Good stuff. Well, college football news, Gus Malzahn named the head coach at UCF. Wow. He'll finally get yeah. his national championship or another one or whatever. <laughs> or or a mythical one, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was interesting, interesting to say the least. Um, anything else on the sports world, guys? 
Hey, go back to Gus. Well, I don't think you talked hockey. Did you talk hockey? Oh no! Yes, I forgot NHL. Yeah, I wonder how how you how'd you forget that? Uh, Because the Blue Jackets keep losing overtime games. That's it. Columbus (laughs) must not be in it. They're dropping down. No, they are. They're they're right there in it. They just uh, they've got I think twice as many overtime losses as any other team has overtime games. I think it's unbelievable. They just Um, can't do it, huh? Yeah. they just they're just making bad turnovers at the wrong time. Um, and just not scoring enough opportunities, but um, they're playing tonight in Carolina. They they have so many games played. I keep watching like the Lightning versus Columbus. They're like five more games than a lot of other teams. Just didn't have any COVID issues somewhere down the road and got all the games in. Right? Yeah, that's that doesn't bode well when you're low in the standings. You want well, you want not low? Get, they're 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 in the playoffs. Right? They're in the playoffs right now. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Okay. Yep, they're in the playoffs for sure. Um. All right, let's go around the horn and see what we got coming up, guys. Uh, let's go with you, Mal. This week, we have uh, more just out there looking to, uh, looking to find folks some homes, uh, for sure. Uh, it's uh, becoming a bigger and, and bigger challenge for, for our buyer's agents, so we're going to uh, we have a couple of a point. Actually, to your point earlier, Sean, we have uh, set up a couple of uh, realtor-only uh, group meetings, uh, uh, one on Zoom and and another just some local agents here in the West Chase area. We're all going to get together and talk about the things that we have or know that we have coming on uh, as a way of providing a little bit better service to our our buyer clients, especially. Um, we have some limitations here with regard to the coming soon type advertising that we can do. Um, uh, so we're going to try to uh, to put our heads together and and see what each of us is looking for and maybe be able to put some deals together. Uh, we have actually three of those meetings scheduled for this week. Uh, so I tip my hat to my good friend, Kimmy Fine, for having this idea. And thank you to all of my colleagues who are uh, willing and able to, uh, to sit down and talk because it's our inventory is less than a month between 200 and $450,000 at the moment. Yeah. Oh. Scary. Todd, how about you, man? What's going on this week? Hey, man. Uh, business as usual. I'm going to try to uh, connect as many people as possible. Um, close work. Uh, just keep the ball rolling. Uh, had a great uh, really good January. I don't want to say great, really good January. So I'm hoping to keep that first quarter of momentum, um, going. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, I know you guys, Mal and Sean do a great job of, of just touching, uh, uh people. Um, but I'll just remind everyone we got about a month until spring, right? So, um, with football being over winter months can be, uh, challenging for some. So reach out, uh, friends, family, loved ones, just for no reason, call, say, Hey, do a little mental, uh, little mental wellness check and, um, just be there for your friends and family. Right. Yeah, for sure, man. Good call. Bill. Podcast this week on the real estate sessions. Tomorrow's episode will be from Roseville, California, Heather and Steve Ostrom, which is, uh, it was a lot of fun. Boy, 
<laughs> there's there's a lot of energy. I can already hear I can already hear Heather's laugh right now. <laughs> so there's a lot of energy with those two. Um, we talk about how they got together, how they met. Uh, you know how you end up in Roseville, you know just northeast of Sacramento, and they're blackjack dealers. Uh, so yeah, they were blackjack dealers in uh, at Harris and Tahoe. So wow, yeah. Um, and he went. Hey, to I, lo- Southern, I he love went the to last Southern, one, Bill. He went to USC as a um, water polo player. So mm-hmm. really, yeah. And he's his daughter, who's now a senior at UC Santa Cruz, a banana slug. A freshman water polo all four years of high school. So I do ask that question. What happens beneath the surface at a water? Dude, it is a tough sport. It is a, I said, I said, Steve, did you ever sharpen your toenails? He goes, I never did that, but man, I could do a ton of shit with my legs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. It's it's a lot of fun. So that's tomorrow. Um, And then, you know, the rest of the week we're just, uh, you know, you know, we have uh, just to give you guys a little insight into rate my agent. Our sales team is at capacity, full capacity now, based on our numbers, and they've got two weeks in of sales, uh, and we're doing a great job. They, they're they're on track. They're figuring it out. So it's it's been a lot of fun to watch them develop um, and to have a full sales team there. It's been it's very exciting, and the Australians are very happy. So a lot of fun. So, Bill, I um, we we, pre- we prefaced it in the prelude of the show. Um, I had two speaking opportunities this week for the Tennessee Realtor Virtual Conference. For the first time I've in my career, I had a virtual conference canceled because of weather. <laughs> they were so afraid that the Tennessee Realtors across the state were going to lose power and not have internet that they wouldn't be able to attend the sessions. Wow. So we pushed it back into, into March, a virtual conference postponed because of weather. Postponed, not canceled. So that's good, right? Postponed, yeah. not canceled. Yes. Okay. Um, but I still got, uh, still got a couple this week uh, that I, that I need to get on um, and do. And uh, Wednesday guys, I'll be tipping a, tipping a cold beer. Uh, and if I can make it up to the cemetery, uh, dad's 20th anniversary of him mm-hmm. passing away. So mm-hmm. uh Hard to believe it's been 20 years, but it's also not hard to believe. And so, uh, Todd, I know you got an anniversary coming up later this month. So, uh, shout out to that. And then, guys, on Friday, I get in the car, knock on wood, the roads are clear, and I head south to Pinehurst to uh, spend some time with Riley. Uh, and the weather forecast, while it's not going to be warm, it's going to be sunny, and it's going to be warmer than it is here. So, we're going <laughs> to get around uh, Country Club of Carolina, and we're going to uh, play the cradle and at least we're, that's the plan. Hey, and, take uh, an extra just, club on four. Okay. And just hit it to the, back <laughs> I'll do, I'll do. and roll it back down the hill. Just I'll, I'll, hit it past the pin on four. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. I want, and I'll, 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 I want to report on that. I'll drink a, uh, I'll drink something for you guys at the pine cone. So right. uh, listen, always good chatting with you guys. Uh, the sports world is shifting with football. Oh, Hey, we, I got to talk really quick. The, the trophy toss oh, on the oh, boat and, and dr- the drunk Tom Brady. Tom Brady drunk walk of shame at the end the, of the what's been the reaction there in Tampa? The DTBs, the, the drunk Trump, the, the drunk Tom Brady's. Look, um, he can do no wrong here. Yeah, look, <laughs> that's he, what I was gonna say. You know, he's look, I mean, the Tom Brady haters, you know, hate him, and and I was one of them till he, like I've always said for I've said forever, you hate that guy unless he's on your team. Now I had yeah. to I live up to it. Yeah, I love him. Well, he brought a championship to the folks of Tampa Bay. So yeah, it. I think it was hilarious. It'd have been even better if it went in the water. You know, it's it wasn't that deep. They would have they would have retrieved it. It'd have been great. Um, but yeah, 
Drunk Tom, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a Drunk Tom Brady was on SNL this week as well, which was hilarious. How was it? Hilarious. Yeah, you should watch that. Find the clip. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, very funny. K- Karen Lombardi was not happy, right? Karen Lombardi. How about that? Yeah. Did the did, daughter, the daughter is up in the up stink in about it? No, the daughter of uh, yeah, she's, daughter of the guy who, who the silver I know, I, know, I know I know who Vince Lombardi is, but it's just like dude. no, it wasn't it wasn't the, it wasn't Vince Lombardi's granddaughter. It was the granddaughter but of the guy who signed the trophy. The they're silver actually Smith. calling her Karen Lombardi, yeah. and she's outraged that he disrespected her father's and all the silversmiths' uh, hard work. So, literally, <laughs> right, Sean? I'll let oh, that yeah. go. No, I'll let that go. And, you know, it it was thrown to Gronkowski. And it kind of went through his hands and Cameron Brait made the catch that saved the thing from getting dented pretty heavily. That was a pretty nice catch that he made. Uh, Gronk catches it when he, he needs to, right? Listen, yeah. I, I don't even want to know what the Stanley Cup has been through. Oh, That was nothing compared to what that Stanley Cup's been through. Oh, yeah. The, you don't want to filth know. And, the, and the grog that's been in the Stanley Cup. Um, yeah. Look, look at the Stanley Cup parade. The Stanley Cup parade here. I mean, when this is in the middle of the pandemic, when they finished the parade and they got off the boat with the Stanley Cup, they had fans drinking out of it. Everybody was drinking out of the cup at the parade. <laughs> wow, love it. Mayor Castor was all happy. of our friends, <laughs> to all of our friends across the country, especially my dearest and closest friends in the Boston area. Both trophies reside in Tampa at the moment. Yeah. Is wow. That, would that be would that be Champa Bay? Is that what we're calling it? Yes. Chris McGinley, in case you're listening, brother, both are here, as is Tom and his beautiful wife. Yeah, safe and secure and warm. They, they can't act like it's they can't act like they've done it before because it's all new, right, Sean? So they're still they're still getting what? exactly right. They, this is a second for each, right? Yeah, we've done it before. Not brand new. All new right. Hey, on behalf of Todd and Bill and Anthony, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to the stare down.